So, uh, Lori will be with me tomorrow on Wednesday and on Friday, of course. And boy, she was good last week. And we're putting together that podcast and we're going to send it out. I know a lot of people have been asking for it. She hit a home run. It wasn't even a double or a triple. It was a home run. And I know many people were blessed. And so we're going to put that together and we're going to get that out. But uh, we've been talking about, you know, understanding the Bible. Understanding the Bible. And when we know, and we have a filter in place of how to understand the Bible based upon what the Bible is all about. Reading it and understanding will be so much easier. And we talked about that the main, the main purpose of the Bible, the number one reason of the Bible, is the unfolding and the unveiling of Jesus Christ. We asked that question, what would happen, or, or where would we be today, if there wasn't the fall? And I know many people have answered as I asked this question, in the garden, yeah, we'd still be enjoying life as in the garden. But Adam fell, and sin entered the world, sin entered the world, and death through sin, and all were born into sin because of that. But, but God had a plan before that. Before the fall, he saw us in Christ, before him in Christ, holy and blameless in love. And so, after the fall, it's about the Father, the Father taking us back to the garden. And the one who was to get us there was his son, Jesus Christ. So we talked about the scriptures from John that, that talked about Jesus addressing the Pharisees and the Sadducees and telling them, hey, you search the scriptures to find eternal life. You, you find the scriptures to find God life. And, and Jesus said, and when you search them, you know what, guys? They testify about me. So Jesus right there, he tells us what the scriptures are for. He goes on to say in John, in John it's all in John chapter 15. He says, I'm going to go to the Father, and the Father is going to send you another comforter, another helper. All right? He will be with you. He will be in you. And, and he will testify of me. It's all about Jesus. We talked about uh, 2 Timothy chapter 3. Verse 14 and 15, where, where Paul is encouraging Timothy in grace. What he learned about grace from Paul. What he saw, you know, the message of grace in Paul's life. And, and, and then Paul makes this statement. You know the Holy Scriptures. You've known the Holy Scriptures. The only Holy Scriptures he knew were what we call the Old Testament. That's the only Scriptures he knew. What we would call, you know, the covenant of law. No, you know what? He knew the covenant that God made with Abraham, the grant covenant. He knew that full well. He knew the full covenant that God made with Noah, a grant covenant. See, he knew that. The first covenants that God made, the first covenants of God, that God made. See, Paul said, you know the Holy Scriptures, how they make you wise unto salvation through faith in Jesus Christ. All points to Jesus Christ. All points to Jesus Christ. And then when you look at 2 Corinthians, especially 2 Corinthians, there's so many scriptures. But 2 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 18, 
tells us that as we go to the mirror and we behold Jesus and we behold his glory and we grow in our understanding that we're looking at ourselves, we're changed into that image by the Holy Spirit. So the word of God is, is simply the unveiling and unfolding of Jesus Christ. And then secondly, it's the unveiling and unfolding of you and I. So in understanding the Bible, we know it's unveiling and unfolding Jesus Christ to get us to Jesus Christ, right? To get us to that new covenant of grace where faith and believing in Jesus Christ makes us new creations. We step out of the domain of darkness and we step into the kingdom of the son of his love, of the son of God's love. And we can enter into kingdom living, garden living, right here, right now. We are in the world, but we are not of it. Greater is he that is in us than he that is in the world. We don't operate with, within natural, you know, with it, with the, within all the natural laws of the earth, okay? Because the laws of God, the ways of God, the kingdom of God can supersede them. That's why, that's why Jesus can calm a storm. That's why he can calm a storm. That's why Jesus could walk on water. You know, I, I believe there'll be a day when I need to walk on water. And I'll be able to. There'll be a day when you need to split a sea. And you'll be able to. There'll be, there'll be come a day when you need to call back a storm. And you'll be able to. Wow, I wasn't planning on saying that, but there will come a day. That's the message for today. That's, that's the one thing I want you to remember. There will come a day when you will. And this could be that very day. In fact, let's believe that this will be that very day. When you will. Just like Jesus did when he had to. There'll be a day when you need to pay, the, pay a bill and you'll cast out your fishing line, pull, up, pull in, reel in a fish, take out that hook and in its mouth, see wads of, of, of $100 bills. I could believe that. I believe that. I used to go fishing at the Hudson River and I used to cast my, my pole and I, and I believe that. I believe that. I believe it's going to happen. I believe it's going to happen. You know? Wow. If you're in business... You know, if you have a business, believe that, that, you know, your net, whatever your net is, the phone ringing, customers calling, it, it, whether you take orders by email, you know, wh whether you take orders through the mail, however you do it, that's your net. And, and, and believe your net's going to be full. It's going to be full to overflowing. You're going to have to, you're going to have to hire a team to help you. You're going to have to hire workers to help you because your net's going to be so full. It's coming. That day's coming. That day's coming. Your Lazarus day is coming. When you step out of that grave, when you step out of that tomb, it's coming. We're in a better covenant. We're in a better covenant. But I want to look at the Grant Covenant again today because this is unveiling Jesus, what the Bible's all about, un unveiling Jesus, showing us Jesus, showing, showing us this covenant of grace, this better covenant that this is all leading to and pointing to Jesus Christ. And he was real, revealing this to us through Abraham. You know, he called Abraham. He said, Abraham, come, leave. 
And I want to tell you something. This is very important. This is very important for you to understand. It's very important for me to understand. He called to, to Abraham. Before he called to Abraham, he called to Noah. He called to Noah. Noah said, yes. Yes, who is this, Lord? Yes. He called to Abraham. He called to Isaac and Jacob. He called to Joseph. He called to Joshua. I forgot Moses. He called to Moses. He called to David. He calls. He calls. He called Gideon. He calls. He's calling you. He's speaking to you. He's always speaking to you. Say, yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Your child, your son, your daughter hears you. He's always calling. You'll hear his voice if you stop and you listen. He's calling you. So he called Abraham. And he said, Abraham, leave your country. Leave your countrymen. Right? You know? And, 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 and he said, and first of all, Abraham didn't listen to him. Okay? Abraham didn't listen to him. He took his father. He took his, 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 his nephew. He didn't listen to him. But when, a, when God called Abraham, he didn't say, and, and if you do everything I tell you to do, and if you obey me completely, and if you don't, if you don't, you know, uh, what's the word, uh, boy, falter to the left or falter to the right or make a wrong turn. If you never find yourself lying, <laughs> then I will. No, that's not what he says. He calls to Abraham, he just says, come. Come. And he says, number one, I will make you, I will make you a great nation. And let me tell you something. We read later on where Abraham and his trained army go and get back Lot and his family and all the captives of the kingdoms of Sodom and Gomorrah. He and his army, I think, defeated, I think it was a total of five kings. Okay? I will make you a great nation. I will bless you. I will bless you, Abraham. And we know that God had. And I will make your name great. You'll be a blessing. How many of you feel like, like, you know what, there are like people, families. That's someone you know that needs help, that could use help. A ministry. Man, and you want to write a check and you want to give, well, guess what? You're to be blessed to the point where you can do that. This is what the promise is. This is what our promise is. And you will be a blessing. And those that bless us, see, you're blessing our ministry. You're blessing New Life Ministry. You're blessing Lauren and I. You will be blessed. That's this great covenant that we have, this, this covenant of grace. But here's Abraham. It's a grand covenant, and it's an, it's an example and a showing of grace. And I will bless those who bless you, and I will curse him who curseth you. And in you, all the families of the earth will be blessed. And we know that 
that came to fulfillment. The Abrahamic covenant, the grant covenant came into fulfillment with Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ came and fulfilled that covenant. And now all the blessings of Abraham are on the Gentiles and Jews alike. That's why it's important to know his, his, his blessings. And then in, in, in chapter 15, verse 1, it said, Fear not, Abraham. Fear not, Abraham. I'm your shield. I'm your protector. I'm your protector. And I am your exceeding great reward. And that was important because when he, when he rescued Lot, Lot's family and the people from Sodom and Gomorrah, the kings of Sodom and Gomorrah wanted to give him spoils, wanted to give him you know, a reward. And he said, nope. Nope. My blessing and my rewards comes from the Lord. He was wise because he knew if he took from those kings, he would have to be in covenant with those kings. And he wasn't going there. Don't go there. And now it's very important to remember chapter 15, verses 8 through 12. When God told Abraham to take the heifer, to take the cow, right? Split it in half. He was going to offer it. To take the she-goat, to take the he-goat, right? The turtle doves, the pigeon. And he set them, right? He, he split them. He divided them. This is what they did for offering back then. And, and so that they were on either side of each other. Now, a relationship covenant an obligatory covenant, one that is you're obligated to me and I'm obligated to you. Both people that were making this covenant, that were striking this covenant, would one by one proceed through the center of the divided sacrifice and make a figure eight indicating nothing is going to break this covenant. Nothing is going to break this covenant. That would be an obligatory covenant. That is, I have my part, you have your part, together we have our parts. That's not what happened there. God specifically put Abraham to rest, put him out of the way, set him aside, put him to sleep. And he said, he said God said, Abraham, you rest. This is on me. This is about me. And, and the pillar of smoke and fire came and passed through the offering, passed through the sacrifice. And that was God saying, this is all on me, Abraham. It's a picture, the unveiling and folding of Jesus Christ, our covenant of grace, the better covenant of grace. It's all about Jesus and the Father. That's what makes it faultless and flawless. No obligations except to believe. And when you believe, you become transformed. You become renewed. You become born again. You, be, you become in, of his very image and likeness. You become empowered and emboldened by the Holy Spirit. Now we just have to become awakened to the new you, the new us, the new you and I. That's another day. And so we see there was no obligatory um, 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 what's the word? Uh, uh, there was no obligations put on Abraham. There was no Abraham, if you do this, then I'll do that. 
God took it all upon himself. That's what grace is. People miss that. People miss it. And so we see Abraham. He was blessed and he was favored. Now remember, we have a better covenant. This grace covenant patterned after the grant covenant. I hope you're seeing this. The Bible is all about Jesus. In that covenant, in our covenant, it's all about God. It's all about Jesus. It's all about Jesus. It's all about God. But Abraham was blessed and favored. He was blessed and favored. I looked up the words bless, blessed, blessing in our New Testament in our New Testaments. What's called New Testament in our Bible. Um and the word blessing means God's favor and God's protection. You can see that in Abraham's life, can't you? You can see it. How his, he was spared and protected when he lied to Abimelech about, about Sarah. How he was spared and protected when he lied to Pharaoh about, about Sarah. And not only was he spared, not only was he protected, but he was sent off with riches and blessings. So blessing, God's favor and protection. Favor. What's the word favor mean? God's approval and full support. Wow. So in this grant covenant, Abraham was favored, he was protected, he had God's approval, and he had God's support. Kind of sounds like our better covenant, doesn't it? This is why we go back and look at scriptures. Not to get hung up in history. Not to get hung up in, wow, what's God's nature really? You know, we have more revelation than they do, believe it or not. We have more understanding than they do, believe it or not. We do. Abraham didn't know God. He didn't. He learned about God in his walk. We have more revelation than he, we have more revelation than Noah did. It's hard to understand that, but we do. Especially, you know, now that we have these 66 books of writing, now that we have Paul's epistles, especially the words of Jesus, but Abraham was blessed and favored. He had God's favor. He had God's protection. He had God's approval. He had God's support. In Galatians chapter 3, verse 14, it says, Jesus, our Messiah, was cursed in our place. And in so doing, he dissolved the curse from our lives. What was the curse from our lives? The, the curse from our lives was the curse of the law of sin and of death. He gets us back to the grant covenant, the Abrahamic covenant. See, this is what he became a curse to dissolve the curse from our lives. The Mosaic law. <coughs> So that all the blessings of Abraham can be poured out upon even non-Jewish believers. And now, <coughs> get a little excited. God gives us the promise of the wonderful Holy Spirit who lives within us when we believe in him. God's favor, protection, approval, and support. Look at Abraham. 
Because now, after we look at Abraham, you're going to have to understand that this is now our blessing. He had wealth. He had wealth. Make no mistake about it. Paul says he became poor, that in his, in his being poor, in his poverty, he can make us rich. Bless you, Jesus. He had wealth. He had power. Behold, I give you authority over serpents and scorpions, over the enemy, over sickness, over disease. He had wealth. He had power. He had relationship. He had a wonderful relationship with God. He had a wonderful, we have a wonderful relationship with, with God. In fact, the spirit of Jesus and our spirit together cry out, Abba, Abba, Daddy, Abba, Daddy, Abba, Father. And he had health. Do you know what it says about Abraham? He lived to be 175 years of age. And after Sarah passed away, he remarried. And he still was working because he had other sons and daughters. Get that. Woo! <coughs> That's amazing. That's for us. Right here, right now. Romans chapter 8, verse 17 says, And since we are his true children, we qualify to share all his treasures for indeed, we are heirs of God himself. And since we are joined to Christ, we also inherit all that he is and all that he has. <coughs> Somebody is smoking a cigarette right outside the front door. And when I opened the doors, it pulled it into this room. So that's... Father, I thank you that I am healed and I am whole. And I thank you that cough is gone and the irritation is gone in Jesus' name. So since we are his children, we qualify to share all his treasures, all Christ's treasures, for indeed we are heirs of God himself. And since we are joined to Christ, we also inherit all that he is and all that he has. Blessings and favor, Ephesians chapter 1, verse 3. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places in Christ. Colossians chapter 1, verse 12. Giving thanks to the Father, who has qualified and made us fit to share the portion which is the inheritance of the saints, God's holy people, as they walk in Christ in the light. 2 Peter chapter 1, verse 3. Seeing that his divine power has granted to us everything pertaining to life and godliness through the true knowledge of him who called us by his own glory and excellence. We have been granted everything pertaining to life and godliness. So now I want to ask you this question. If like Abraham, we are children of the blessing, we are children of favor, have you ever asked this question why does it seem some people operate, operate 
in more of the blessing and more of the favor than others. Are they more blessed? Is there more favor? You see, this is a question I, I asked myself repeatedly. Because when I would hear things of, about, you know, you must, you have to, you have responsibilities, you know, I obeyed, I obeyed, and they make it about their responsibility, and then the Lord blessed. I, I don't walk that way. That's not my covenant. But it seemed like they were blessed. They were blessed. And they were favored. So I'm like, Lord, do I have to do more to, to walk in these blessings and, favor, and, and this favor that I know I have, been, I have been bestowed with? Why does it seem, you know? And this is what the Lord told me. He took me back every part of my life, and he showed me where. He protected me. Ooh. He showed me where. He rescued my relationships. Wow. He showed me where. <clears throat> he financially blessed me in great abundance. And he's making me aware again that he is still. But why does it seem some operate in more blessing and more favor? It's because of one reason. Not because they're more blessed and not because of more favor. <coughs> but the answer is in Romans chapter 8, verse 14. The mature children of God are those who are moved by the impulses of the Holy Spirit. In their renewal, they've reached maturity where they've learned to listen, listen and hear the Holy Spirit and move on his leading and move on his impulse. Not making decisions in fear, not making the decisions in, 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 in in a position of anxiety or of stress, but making decisions based upon the impulses and moving of the Holy Spirit. And so when the blessings come and the favor comes, it's not squandered. And so it keeps building. That's really important. I needed to get that. Because I know the blessing is continuing to come. In relationships, in power, and in wealth. That's why 3 John 2 tells us, I pray above all else that you would prosper, 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 be in health, be in health, as your soul becomes renewed, as your soul prospers. Romans chapter 12, verse 2. <coughs> that you would become transformed by the renewing of your mind and that you would know that you are a child of God and you are led by the Spirit, not by the Spirit of God, by the Holy Spirit. And 8.14 again, Romans 8.14 again, as a mature, see, it's about now we mature, we mature. As we become renewed, we become mature. As we become mature, we, we live off the impulses and by the impulses and by the leadings of the Holy Spirit. So when the blessings come and the favor comes, it's not squandered. 
and it continues to increase and it continues to grow. Because God wants increase in your life and he wants growth in your life. He wants you to experience all the blessings of Abraham that are now ours through Christ. Wealth, power, relationships, health, all yours. I hope, it's been about 28 minutes, I hope this message has blessed you. I love you. I stand with you. I pray for you each and every day. We'll look at some more tomorrow. God bless you.